The following podcast contains explicit language and content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to the Kespuki Podcast, where two married guys share stories of paranormal encounters, urban legends, true crime, and other scary things from around the world. I'm Andres. And I'm Kevin. And I bit my tongue, so sometimes I'm lisping. Oh. That's great. Sorry. It's I, been a while, huh? So it's been a while since we were last recorded. Yeah. Um, we were supposed to have an episode out um, a little earlier than than now, but um we really got busy like at the beginning in the middle of the month huh yep we had a lot of stuff going on yeah and um well my parents came to visit for the first time ever since i've been here for 11 years um but we can talk about that later um how was halloween for you because i know everyone's i'm sure asking they're wondering they're pondering oh yeah everybody saw my uh everybody that follows me on instagram saw my uh my costume that me I as a for baby work. yeah yeah I, I dress up like that little gnome from the as TikTok me as trend. a baby yeah as me as a baby everybody at work was like did you dress up as those green cones for the parking spots outside what the fuck and i was like <laughs> no bitch well do you want to drop your instagram t- so in case anyone that hasn't seen it no it's a secret Oh, okay. It's a secret Instagram that's linked on like a spooky podcast Instagram. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so find me there. And um I dressed up as Raven. It was the costume that I had b- been working on for like months and I feel like I wasn't like I was okay with it because I made the belt, but I felt like I really wasn't satisfied at the end of it because I had made so many like I changed so many things halfway through and some of the things like fell through um but i was okay with my the outcome i thought it was a good effort and then you won a costume contest the weekend before i did so i thought it was great um yeah i did win the costume contest kind of it was it was a tie i think the the other individual was pregnant so i'm like uh i like her costume hi shay yeah does she listen no i don't think so oh but maybe one day somebody will be be like were you pregnant were you pregnant? <laughs> this is the episode that you, they mentioned you. Hee <laughs> <laughs> hee. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Elizabeth, for inviting us to your house. Does she listen? Mm, yeah, I think so. And your mom's cool. Yes, thank you. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, we didn't really do anything for Halloween. It, it was a little weird because it was like on a Tuesday. And... Um, there were not many trick-or-treaters. I feel like Halloween... Never mind. Sucks in Oklahoma, yeah. It kind of does, yeah. And it might be because, like, 
the weather was kind of weird too it's like it was warm at first so people were like i don't know it's a work day maybe not that i'm older it's like i get less excited about halloween i get excited in a different way where i feel like we're able to like talk more and lean more into like horror content but it's like we kind of already do that already throughout the year yeah but i really did enjoy sharing like the 31 days of like scary movies that everyone was very receptive um so i really thank you for that and thank you for all the recommendations um i really liked you know creating that dialogue of just talking about movies i feel like movies is like so universal it's like anyone you meet you can talk about like what movies have you seen recently it's like a really good conversation starter so there were a lot of individuals that did ask that we do it again next year so wow part two we'll be on the lookout season two yeah that was fun i felt yeah. kind of like i'm like i don't know if people are gonna like these movies but at the end of the day i liked it and i just wanted to share that i liked a movie with somebody else yeah i was kind of nervous about it too at the beginning where i was like oh, what if nobody likes this either but it's like it really doesn't matter because i'm giving my opinion and there were a few people that were that shared like oh i like this movie and i'm like oh i'm not i don't really like that movie and we kind of talked about it so it wasn't like rude or anything it wasn't like what you've never seen this movie you don't like it like no it was very like what don't you like about it yeah things like that that's fun that's fun conversation i think um i feel like people are kind of weird about horror nowadays and i only say that because like we've had hereditary we've had like uh the jordan peele movies come out and people mm-hmm. are like, that's not real horror. That's artsy fartsy shit that people just watch to feel <laughs> self-important. And I, you know, just give me like a great slasher film from the 80s. Yeah. And it's like, you can yeah. enjoy everything and not have to shit on something. Like, yeah. you can just say it's not for me. Mm-hmm. It's not for me, babes. If you, it's for, you know, it's for the girls and the gays. Maybe you're not a girl and a gay. Watch something else. <laughs> that's that's the demographic. Yeah. Um, what else happened? Oh, well, I, I was going to talk about my parents visiting. Um, and that was really fun. It was... They were only here for like four days. Three a days. A weekend. Yeah, three to four days. Um, a doctor's visit, if you so will. It was like um, a lot of stuff that we wanted to show them like condensed in a weekend. Um, but it was fun. I like how your dad gave me cucumber lime celery smoothies every day for breakfast. And now I make them for myself starting True. yesterday. Yeah. I feel so skinny, so like healthy. Like I'm walking around my, with my little green juice. People are like, "Ooh, you're being healthy today. Huh? And I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm going to, and I'm going to shit myself in two hours. Cause it's a lot of fiber. <laughs> <laughs> Me voy a cagar Ooh, on the clock. Ooh, but she's perfect. so skinny doing it getting paid to poop <laughs> yes bitches that shit yes. oh <laughs> and i think i've told the story before but like i can't poop with the rest of the men in the men's toilet like oh, that's gross. nasty i have to find the single stall by myself because it's like i'm gonna set up the little toilet and like be set on my scene. phone set the hang scene. out you know like si me pedorreo, nobody hears Shut me it's me by myself <laughs> It's a lot of fiber, okay, but I feel so much better afterwards. 
Okay. I feel so regular with that cucumber celery lime smoothie. 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 Is that even a smoothie? What is it? A juice? A juice, yeah. I would say it's more of a smoothie because I don't juice it. I, like, eat the whole thing. It's an agua. Yeah, it's a, it's a pulpy agua mess. Fresca. It's, it's an a pulpy fresca. mess, but it makes me feel healthy. Hmm. Um. Well, I'm glad my dad provide that for you yeah regularity we went to the um the botanical gardens they're beautiful yeah but it was fucking hot in there i do have to share this picture i don't know if i told you did i show you this it was one that my mom took and um i we were at the botanical gardens we were just taking pictures and stuff and I really like this picture. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's of you and my dad. You guys were just looking at a like a plant or something. <laughs> he was but, telling me about how those plants were the ones in Florida. He's mm, like, look, you see the plant over there? That's the one that's in Florida that we have in our front, lo- uh, our front lawn or like the garden. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. And then we were like trying to find what the name of it was and we couldn't find it. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was cute. And not to get, like, emo about it, too, but, like, I don't know, like, 10 years ago, I would have never imagined, like, having my dad talk with my husband about something as mundane as, like, plants, Plants. I guess. Yeah. I'm cool as fuck, though, so I get it. Like, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Your dad's cool, too. He makes me green smoothies, and I remember that. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, like, my favorite picture of the weekend. Yeah. Um, I remember when we were in there and we were chilling, we were hanging out. It was fucking hot. I took my sweater off. It was cold that day. Mm-hmm. It was hot inside the botanical gardens. All of a sudden, you're like, I don't feel right. My heart's going too fast. And I'm like, bitch, it's hot in here. Me? I knew it was fucking hot. Yes, you. No, it's because we were fucking climbing up the stairs. <laughs> you're like, my heart is beating so fast. I'm like, I need a fucking break. It's hot in here. <laughs> it was so hot. It was cool, though. It was, like, last time we wanted to take your sister, they were closed because they were remodeling, and this time it was, like, cool to see. Yeah. And it was so, my first time there, so. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. But they enjoyed it. They met your parents for yeah, the first time. that was interesting. And they're friends. You could say that. They're besties. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bitch. <laughs> I'm just making you a face. My parents are weird. Oh, my God. I don't even like them, so. My parents are funny. They're fun. They're yeah, funny. They're funny and fun. Like, as soon as you're, um, like, my parents walked into your parents' house, they're like, oh, my God, you guys are so young. Who, my parents to your <laughs> yeah, parents? Yeah, didn't they? Yeah. My dad was like, you guys are beautiful. Like, what did he say? Están bien guapos to your mom and dad. And I was like, um, excuse me? The children are here. Please. <laughs> what the- <laughs> yeah my niece uh sophia and my sister erica were with them too and they liked it too i yeah. feel like they're 13 yeah right mm-hmm. 14 13 something like 14, that something they're young they're young teens so i feel like i don't know being thinking that like what's the word i'm looking for it's hard to please those that age range. Yeah, that's because like, what do you guys like? Oh, to eat, Lady you Gaga. Mean? No, just do anything. Oh, in general, to eat, to oh. to do. 
I was, I knew that they were going to like the food my mom made because <laughs> papas con huevo is my fucking shit. <laughs> that's the, that's the stuff I was born with. Raised with. No, I was born I, with. <laughs> yeah, I came out of the womb with like a little plate of papas con huevo. Okay. Yeah, that's my. And I mm. believe you. If somebody said, let's go to Gordon Ramsay's five star restaurant, I'd be like, mm, I don't know. What's the other option? And somebody said, papas con huevo. I'd be like, man, <laughs> fuck that five star restaurant. Give me some fucking papas con huevo. Like, con you don't even have to waste. You're going to waste your money if you go over there. Yeah. Look what I dished up. Yep. Papas, papas con, con huevo, huevo. Con weenies with some frijoles on the side and, and tortillas recién hechas. Like, that's all you fucking need, bro. Frijoles with cheese. And the tortilla de harina. No, my mom makes it. My mom makes the frijoles with like, um, so she'll like fry chorizo first, mm-hmm. and then you put the beans in it and refry them in the chorizo and like the oil, and then you put cheese in it, and they're like chorizo y like cheesy mm. beans. Mm, so fucking good. Your sister was like, "This is good," and I was like, "I know." I I said it was gonna be good. Absolutely. We need to start the we need to like, start the food uh, TikTok account. We do the, the chef. I was like, mm, Papa's going, well, you want some ketchup with that? And then she's what like, the ketchup. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. When I was feeling a little fancy, you put some fucking ketchup up in that. And she said, we. Yeah. No, Sophia's we, we. always liked um, ketchup and eggs. Jail. That's good. What the fuck are you talking about? Anyway. Especially with, <laughs> it, it's like literally eating breakfast french fries. Because mm, it's papas, okay. but then you got eggs in it. So it's like french fries with eggs and like ketchup. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good bitch stop talking i'm gonna throw up um please does anybody else eat papas con huevo tell me please we're gonna have like a dozen messages it's like i'm with him yeah potato Ooh. and egg or what egg and ketchup Mm-hmm. anyway yeah um so let's jump into the story well before well we... mm-hmm. oh sorry well, we're like a few minutes in so i don't know um when this episode's gonna come out because it's late now but happy thanksgiving well no i wanted to actually release it before thanksgiving so you guys can listen to this as you're preparing the turkey oh well happy thanksgiving <laughs> sorry so that happy you... thanksgiving yeah sorry that you have to cook the 250 dollar turkey while your tia brings two pies from walmart for Shut ten dollars pero qué bueno que se pusieron de acuerdo. Así yeah. todo está arreglado. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's because that theater doesn't know how to cook. And that your cousin brought the tater tot like, casserole. Oh my God, like my fucking... Jail. Not to talk shit or anything, <laughs> but like my grandma made macaroni and cheese one time out of the fucking box. Why did she use tomatoes and onions? Because she's Mexican. What the fuck is... No. <laughs> Well, you know how I always, always, um, this was an atrocity. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Not what that it wasn't was. meant to be offensive, I swear. But like, you know how every time we go eat somewhere and they, they put just like Mexican in front of like whatever. Yeah. They're like, well, what makes it Mexican? And it usually is because it has tomatoes and onions. Oh. Sometimes jalapenos. I thought it was just because a Mexican lady prepared it in the kitchen. It, sometimes it's a completely irrelevant. Like, oh my God. Speaking of Mexican people in the kitchen, I'm sorry that I just interrupted. What the fuck? <laughs> Ooh, we took Kevin's parents to eat Mediterranean food, and that food was fucking hitting so fucking good. We were devouring that shit. That food tasted especially good that day. And they sat us by the kitchen, and when I looked in the kitchen, they were playing Mexican mm-hmm. music, and I was like, that's why the food is so fucking good today. It's because Mexicans are making it back there. Yeah. I loved it. They know how to make that hummus. 
They were making that hummus. They were making that hummus. And they sliced those cucumbers for us to eat with the hummus. So nice. Um, What was I saying? Oh, so, yeah. We wanted to release this before Thanksgiving so you guys have um, something to listen to while you prepare the food. No tea, um, no shade. No tea, no shade. Or the side dish. Or if you're on your way to Walmart to buy those pies yourself. No tea, no shade. Oh <laughs> we, we dragged like 20 people <laughs> in under Wait, a minute. Who's the who's the bring the drinks and the bring the drinks, the plates and the spoons people? They're not my fave. Mm. They're not my fave type of people. I'm sorry. Well, no, we they're would the do ones... that. Like, we would do potlucks at one job that I used to work at. And there was one guy. We would have like a sign up sheet where it's like, what what's what are you bringing? Um, and this one guy, he would always be the first one to fucking write it. So he's at the fucking top of the list. And he put um, plates and forks. Bitch, that was provided by the company. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. <laughs> anyway, what were we saying? Just that. That there's a designated person in the family that that is like told. That's basically like, you don't know how to cook. Mm, so bring some fucking okay. plates, forks, and the mean. drinks. Yeah. You're not bringing any food. I guess that's different if you're told to do it as opposed to like when you Signing volunteer to do it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's a cop out. When you're in a fucking potluck and all you can bring is spoons and forks, it's like, bitch, fork out some money. At least, <laughs> at least you fork out some money. <laughs> yeah. At least bring the fucking, what is it called? The adult lunchables from the <laughs> deli aisle at Walmart. Come on, bring something. Bring a fucking two liter. No. At least. No. Bring a fucking pumpkin pie for lunch. I really want that Lunchable right now. It sounds really good. You're so. dropping hints. Yeah. Okay. Does anybody else Understood. know what I'm talking about? It's the adult Lunchables that come with a bunch of ham, cheese, and crackers. That sounds so good right now. A charcuterie board? A charcuterie board. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Anyway. <laughs> okay, anyways, back to your story. I'm sorry. Okay, so my story. I'm actually really excited. I know you um, keep telling me. You have told me three days in a row, and now I'm ready for you to tell me what's going on, because you cause, have not said anything. Honestly, you were supposed to go first this month. I know, but, but my notes aren't I'll even go. fucking done, and here we are. It's fine. It's fine. So, I did La Villa de las Niñas. Have you heard of it? Absolutely not, but it sounds scary. What is it called again? La Villa de las Niñas. La Villa de las Niñas? Yes. What is Villa? Like a... Valley? No. It's um like a house. Or like a town. Oh, it's a town. Valle, it's like a small town. Valle is Valley. Yes. Okay. Oh my god. I'm gonna Google what Villa is. El que se fue a la Villa perdió su silla. Allegedly. I've heard. I don't know. I just typed in Villa Plus. That's a little town, so just so anybody wants to know. Villa Plus is a town. Okay. Villa, regular Villa is... Casa con jardín en el campo, generalmente aislada de otras y utilizada para pasar temporadas de descanso o de recreo. Can you translate that? It's like a villa. It's a literally villa. a villa. New bombshell enters the villa. So, this is Villa de las Niñas. Some of my sources... Really, I got mo- most of my information from two of my sources okay well one of them actually but wikipedia uh, oh i forgot wikipedia <gasps> this is the first time i don't use wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> this 
this I remember is the first time. <laughs> I remember the, the uh, not to get off track, but I remember the first day I fucking walked into ninth grade, uh-huh. and that English teacher was like, "You were done using Wikipedia. You were never going to look at w- Wikipedia ever again. Stop. Don't don't Wikipedia it anymore. It's not reputable." And I Damn. use it for every fucking thing. Every day after that, I've used it for everything. You were out there spreading misinformation. I before. was. Fuck yeah. <laughs> before it was oh, popular. When, when people edit shit on Wikipedia to be like... <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> Martin is a fat head ass. <laughs> and that was born in hell. <laughs> Just like saying dumb shit. Anyways, okay, get back to your story. I'm sorry. Okay, so... Um, my sources are a Vox article by Daniel Hernandez, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a Yahoo Noticias article by, by Mariangela Velasquez, and a YouTube video by The Paranormal Scholar. I'm ready. So I do have some um, content, content warnings warning. and like trigger warnings. Um, there is mentions of trauma, abuse, blood, and fetuses. Oh, no. So this takes place in Villa de las Niñas. In English, it's referred to Girlstown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a religious boarding school located in Chalco, Mexico, right outside of Ciudad de Mexico, founded in October of 1991 by Aloysius Schwartz. So a little about a little about him. Aloysius... I'm so sorry. Aloysius? Aloysius? Aloysius Schwartz? He was an American priest who started an orphanage in South Korea in 1957. He eventually opened the first Boys Town and Girls Town in the Philippines in 1985. His goal was to provide a brighter future through the opportunity of an education for children from impoverished families by partnering with the Sisters of Mary, an order of nuns from South Korea, where they build a network of schools in 15 locations around the world. Aloysius? Okay, Aloysius. Yeah. Sorry, it's the only two times I mentioned it in the in the case, so I'm sorry. I'll never, I'll never need that again. Now you know how to say Aloysius. Thank you. Villa de las Niñas was founded in October of 1991 with the intention of providing food, shelter, and education to underprivileged and socially neglected girls in Mexico. Along with what I mentioned, career prospects were provided through the school. There are so many testimonies from former alumni claiming the opportunity to attend the school was what changed their lives to the better and opened doors for them that wouldn't normally had. Many of them were saying, I was from a small town in Mexico because of the opportunity to go to this school. I'm in Washington, D.C. now. Or I'm in London working at, you know, a law firm or something like that. Today, the school has more than 4,000 students, all between the ages of 11 and 19. So our main character, not really a main character, but like where we get most of our information is from the eyes of a young girl named Jovita Sanchez Velasco, most likely a pseudonym to protect her identity. Most of the names used for the girls were most likely pseudonyms. So, Jovita grew up in Tuxtepec in the state of Oaxaca as the youngest of four children. Her father had abandoned her family when she was eight years old. Her mother alone couldn't afford rent, so Jovita worked as well as um, cleaned houses and babysat. She loved going to school, but due to the financial situation her family was in, she intended on dropping out to dedicate more time to work. In early 2003, the nuns came to town looking for students that would score high enough for the opportunity to attend the Villa de las Niñas. At this time, Jovita was 12. She passed a few exams and partook in an interview with questions such as, have you ever waxed your body? Have you dyed your hair? Have you had any tattoos? Which she thought were weird questions, so she hadn't put much thought like in, 
much thought into any of it. No, that is a really bizarre question. In the autumn of 2003, she was offered a spot at La Villa de las Niñas. The nuns explained that the children couldn't bring anything with them, so no clothes, no phones, no photos. They would then get short haircuts, two fingers length, length long, I think below the ear is what I omitted, uh, before boarding the bus to the school. Multiple family members would not be permitted, so if you had a sibling, it would be either them or you, but never both. You know what I think is kind of weird? Huh. Like, these girls are already going through so much in their lives, obviously, because it's disenfranchised, disenfranchised kids, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, then they torture them by saying, like, you can't really see your family and we're going to cut your fucking hair really short. Yeah. Like, why? Well, hold on. This is just beginning. Well, can I make my comments, though, so you can no, tell me yeah. later why? Okay. Yeah. Some of it will it's be just addressed. really weird. And it's like religious organizations like this always make me super uneasy mm-hmm. all the time. No, I know. It, and a lot of them do have like a bad reputation. It's never like the organization that's bad. It's the people that run the organization. Like it's always done for a good cause. But then people show up to fuck it up every single fucking time. The thing is, is like, well, I don't personally, I feel like I don't feel like anyone at the school was at fault for what happens i know you don't know what happens but that's my input and i want to hear yours at the end of it okay keep going then okay so like i said multiple family members were not permitted according to the nuns the strictness was a form of discipline to shape the poverty shackled girls into becoming honorable members of society so basically the nuns were like running that school like the marines like they were running that shit like the navy you're poor so we're gonna cut your hair off and make you suffer so you so you're not poor anymore. The thing is, it wasn't because they were poor. They weren't like, we're torturing you because you're poor. They were saying, we're disciplining them to shape them into honorable members of society. See, here's the difference, though. That's not disciplining. That's abuse. That is How brainwashing. How is it abuse? Okay, well, you're like sharing a lot. I'm just trying to get through the case and we can talk about it after. Okay. Um... I'm probably still going to make comments. I'm sorry. Maria, another girl from Jovita's school, was also selected to join Villa de las Niñas. So Jovita had someone familiar, but they weren't close. And the only thing she knew about Maria is that she also had, she also didn't have a father and that her mother was rumored to be a practicing bruja and a devotee to La Santa Muerte. The school grounds stood on 80 acres of gardens, a gated compound, a guard tower, statues of religious figures and several buildings making up the school arriving at the school the girls were asked to remove their clothes except their underwear where they were inspected to ensure that they were not bringing in anything anyone found trying to bring in personal items like photos the items were confiscated the nuns checked armpits faces and bikini lines and anyone found to show signs of waxing were expelled on the spot and put back put back on the bus The girls were then given school uniforms and assigned to a group called Families by the Nuns, named after saints and led by an older teenage girl. Um, The girls were explained the strict daily schedule and shown their dormitories, which they described as intimidating, and lights went out at 9pm every night. The waxing thing? Maybe because I'm not a girl, and I feel like I would want to hear what, what, what a woman or a girl read this as but i didn't really understand it it's like they would get expelled if they waxed 
I think it's because it's the thought of like, why are you waxing? Who are you trying to look good for? But these are like a modesty thing. But these are kids. These aren't women or girls. They're kids. Mm -hmm. So it's really weird. Yeah. No, this is weird. weird. This is weird. Yeah. And second of all, they don't allow their family and they're like inspecting them. Mm -hmm. No. If I'm not, if we have kids and I'm not around, the doctor is not looking at my child at all. No. Yeah. Nobody like that's, uh, that's also another fucking red flag. Like, why Mm -hmm. is anybody inspecting any type of kids? with none of their guardians around that's and they're not medical professionals what is that yeah so for the first time for many of these girls they were surrounded by strangers all with the same routine same uniforms same haircuts no access to tv or the outside world they were all expected to celebrate their birthdays on the same day which is the day of the school's foundation calls to their families were not allowed and students could receive letters but were never allowed to write any any type of emotional connection or bonding would, was discouraged. So if you got cl- too close to someone else in your family, they would either move you or them. Essentially, there was no individuality or self-expression at the school. In early 2006, the students of Villa de las Niñas were taken on a trip, on a field trip to Universidad de Anahuac, an elite private Catholic university in Ciudad de México. It's only like an hour drive between the two schools. So here's where one of the students found a magazine with instructions on how to make a Ouija board. They were simple, only needing the words yes and no in the corners, the alphabet, numbers, and adios written at the bottom. And using a piece of glass, you can communicate with spirits. According to accounts at the school, Maria decided to make one. Maria and some classmates began to use the Ouija board after the lights went out. They would occasionally, or they would allegedly wait until everyone was asleep and they would sneak out onto the building roof through a window. Many girls were that attended claimed that during these night sessions is when they communicated with spirits. Almost immediately, some girls started reporting strange unexplained phenomena manifesting at the school. Rumors began to circulate that the girls using the Ouija board were attracting spirits of former students. For Jovita, her experience happened one night when she went to the bathroom and believed she was alone. But then she heard movement and a flush in an empty bathroom stall. She opened all the bathroom stalls and confirmed that she was alone, only to hear a flush from the stall she started at. During bed bunk rotations, Jovita refused to sleep in a bed if it was near or facing a window because she was scared of seeing someone or something peering at her from the outside. Another student, under the name of Sitlali, confessed to Dr. Nashiela Loa Savala, a government-appointed psychiatrist, that she would sometimes hear strange noises and see black shadows during the night. Along with that, she claimed to witness the apparitions of bloody infants with red eyes around the school describing them as ugly with wrinkled faces. On some cases, these infant apparitions would appear with a still intact umbilical cord or sometimes without faces. According to her, playing with the Ouija board was like playing with the devil. Some girls were convinced that Maria had the ability to conjure or attract spirits without the use of the board due to the rumors of her mother being an alleged witch. Because the majority of the nuns were Korean, they were completely oblivious to the events and to what a Ouija board even was. In the spring of 2006, interest in the Ouija board spread to other students at the school. At the time, the school's annual basketball tournament was starting. 
This had become a tradition that many students looked forward to because it was one of the only times that the school allowed any type of freedom of expression and cheering on the girls in, the, in their dormitories. Um, according to some girls at the school, Maria used the Ouija board to connect with spirits and ask for a favor of having her friend Liz's team win and her own team lose. It's like Harry Potter. Um, as it turned out, Liz's team did win the tournament. My speculation here is that Maria asked the spirits for her for this win, but they asked something from her in return. That's just my speculation, and I'll provide more on this later. So the news of Maria's use of magic spread throughout the school, and here is where many of the girls believed that she had crossed the line. Which is so weird to me, because it's like, oh, summoning spirits in a Catholic school? That's fine. But using it to win a basketball game? Oh, hell no. According to many girls, black magic was forbidden, and using it to cheat was seen as a violation of school rules. Many of the older girls at the school brought it to the attention of several nuns, where it finally reached the mother superior, Sister Margie Chong. She responded by saying, What is Ouija? After the sisters explained to her that it was associated with brujeria and it was an instrument used to talk to the dead, she immediately issued a warning against any use of the Ouija board on school grounds. She sought to find the culprit who started the whole thing, and after interviewing many girls and nuns, they questioned Maria. She denied playing the game, but after her room was searched, the board was found in her bed. The school told her that they take matters like this very seriously and that it could result in expulsion. Maria pleaded with them that she wanted to stay in the school because the outside world was worse. According to Sister Chong, she recalled saying, In the house of God, that kind of game can never be permitted, and she stuck with her decision to expel Maria from Villa de las Niñas. This, like, shook the school, as many of the girls found Maria to be cool for having bent the rules, maybe even, like, kind of feared her. Um, A lot of girls had described her as being very, like, she had the qualities of a leader, basically. Some girls came to her defense asking that she should be... She should not be the only one to go if other girls had participated in playing with the board. But Sister Chong stood her ground again and had Maria separated from her classmates and made arrangements to send her home. So here is where even more unexplained things start to happen. Well, I guess... What's the phrase? When the shit hits the fan? Supernatural stuff? Sure. When you're up shit creek without a paddle? Okay. Maria was moved to a different room away from the rest of the rest of the girls, so no one was there to witness the following account. The official explanation is that a very strong and forceful wind slept, swept through the building at the same time that Maria's hand so happened to be in a door frame. This window caused the door to slam so hard that it sliced off part of Maria's finger, spraying blood all over a stairway and in a hallway. So going back to what I mentioned earlier about Maria making a deal or like asking for a favor with the Ouija board, I have a theory that she may have made a deal with something that she couldn't repay. So like her finger getting cut off was like a way of the spirit, like collecting its debt or like getting back at her kind of. That's entirely my theory. Speculation. Speculation. That's the word. Yeah. Um, Jovita and a few of the other students witnessed the aftermath of the incident and claimed that there was blood everywhere. As Maria was being escorted out of the building, she passed this group of girls and exclaimed somewhat of the following. Unfortunately, the exact quote has been lost, but everyone who heard it agreed that it conveyed the same message. 
Every girl who accused me or thought badly about me will suffer. You will be sick in your legs and you will not be able to walk. Maria was then escorted out of the school to be taken back home. Are you good? Bitch, if you don't keep going. <laughs> I piqued your interest. Stop turning around and just keep talking. I want to hear the rest of it. Okay. The crazy thing is, like, this is based on true events. Like, this was on the news. No way. Do this you remember is, this? This is real. I didn't make it up. Wow. Because huh? we tell true stories, duh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Well, <laughs> well, like, last month we covered, like, scary stories online. Yeah, but so. we told everybody. We were like, yeah. these are stories we found online. Yeah, this was on the news. And the thing is, I remember it being on the news, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so within a few days, some girls started feeling numbness in their legs. It started off small with tingling sensations below their knees, uh-huh. then progressed to having difficulty walking, then complete numbness of their entire legs. It started with the girls who had been closest to Maria and had used the Ouija board. The nuns tried to reassure the school that it had nothing to do with Maria or the Ouija board, but instead it was just a communicable illness easily spread throughout the school. However, no one knew what this illness was, and it was progressing. Girls then started reporting pain, nausea, fever, and complete paralysis of the legs. The school contacted local authorities to test the water, soil, and food that came into the school, but nothing out of the ordinary was found, and everything turned out to be safe. Medical experts were contacted, and a quarantine was put into place. But even with the quarantine, this illness spread, sometimes to entire buildings. Um, Even with this unknown illness spreading, students were still reporting unexplained figures at the school. One of the most commonly cited was one of a former student who succumbed to what was believed to be tuberculosis that made her bleed from the mouth. Girls would report seeing her throughout the school, inside, outside, and even in bathroom mirrors. Some girls reported seeing girls hanging in the hallways or would see black shadowy figures at the end of rooms. There were claims of convulsions, hallucinations, disassociations, and unexplained behaviors from some girls that resembled demonic possession. There were a few times also when several girls in Maria's former dormitory all experienced the same nightmare of watching Maria burning and telling them, You're next. They all screamed and woke up simultaneously, which was later corroborated by the nuns at the school. That just a group of girls were all having the same dream, and all woke up at the same moment and screamed. Wow. Me and the cats. <laughs> no, I believe it. By the spring of 2007, so like a year later, 512 girls had been affected by this unknown illness. And even more so, some adults began to feel its effects, claiming difficulty walking. So this is where the nuns began to think that maybe there was some truth to, like, quote-unquote, Maria's curse. Even the mother superior, Sister Chong, reached out to Maria to ask her if she could return to the school to undo the curse. But she and her family had supposedly moved to from Tuxtepec to Veracruz, and she was unable to be located. Even to this day, nobody knows where Maria is. Parents began to pull their children from the school, which caught the media's attention, and the school was forced to make a statement. There were allegations of mistreatment at the school, to which all the nuns and even the students denied. The mother superior was nervous to allow students to leave because of the unknown nature of the illness. According to her, I could not send the girls to their homes without knowing what was wrong, because maybe they could bring the illness to their village. 
The federal government sent out specialists from the Secretary of Health to the school, consisting of epidemiologists, pediatricians, and neurologists. These specialists were also there to investigate the allegations of mistreatment, all of which turned out to be false. They kind of tried everything from like modern medicine treatments, traditional Asian medicine, traditional Mexican medicine. They brought in exorcists, but um, they bought, they did like a lot of prayers, but nothing worked. Like nothing could heal these, like the paralysis. Um, so many students had already been taken out of the school, but the ones that remained claimed that they were healed by a nun at the school that no one had seen before. Girls would say that she would appear at night and pray over the girl's legs. They weren't able to see what she looked like, only her silhouette, and she was dressed in a veil in all white. Many girls believed it to be Virgin, the Virgin Mary or La Virgen de Guadalupe. Okay, around the same time, Dr. Loa Zavala concluded that she believed she knew the cause of the unknown illness. According to her, she felt compelled to help these girls because many of them looked like her. Black hair and almond-colored skin. As she interviewed the students, she began to see patterns where many of them came from broken families and had experienced a form of abuse. She recalled about one girl, Sitlali, during a session and said what helped for her was to talk about her, like, was to talk about her dreams, how they scared her, her stepfather. She got better. The next day, she was walking normally. With another girl named Soledad, she confided how her mother would beat her when she'd get angry, saying... She would, uh, she'd beat me with an electrical cord or with her shoe. Only once she made me bleed. Nobody liked the way I am. I know there's something bad about me, but I would rather there weren't. The doctor later shared when referring to Soledad, it was difficult for her to say goodbye to me. She was trying to stay with me longer. Um, which is so fucked up because, like, these were children. And it wasn't, like, anything that, like I said, that the school was necessarily doing wrong. Like, honestly, I feel like this was the harder part, or the hardest part of the research, because, um, a lot of it was, like, and I feel like I condensed it more than what was, was already explained, but many of them, like, talked about, like, past traumas at home, um... And, like, even talking with, like, La Doctora Loa Zavala that, like, to me it might have been, like, the first time that someone actually sat down with these girls and, like, asked them about them. And it made it seem like it was an adult that cared about them, I guess. So, Doctora Loa Zavala believed that it was some of the girls' unaddressed traumas from outside the schools that made them experience the unknown symptoms. Essentially, they were experiencing a form of hysteria or conversion disorder, considered one of the greatest mysteries of medicine because of there is no agreed-upon method of diagnosis or treatment. Under Dr. Loza-Vala's sessions, many of the girls began to be cured. However, some nights, she claimed that she began to have nightmares of what the girls described at the school. And one day, while interviewing students, she began to feel numbness in her legs, and she believed others in the government medical team felt them too. By summer of 2007, there were no further reported cases of, of this unknown illness. Dr. Loazavala's official report declared the diagnosis of the paralysis incident at La Villa de las Niñas as a psychogenic disorder of movement consistent with conversion disorder. She explained that mass hysteria is spread visually and audibly, so you have to see and hear someone exhibiting symptoms in order for them to manifest in you. 
And the scary thing is that anyone is susceptible to mass hysteria. When interviewed later, um, Dr. Loa Zavala explained, Un niño no tiene que llegar a esos extremos para expresar lo que siente en un ambiente sano. Sus cuerpos necesitaban hablar. Así que a través de esos síntomas, las niñas estaban tratando de decir algo, tratando de evocar cambios. A child should not have to go through these extremes to express what they feel if they are in a healthy environment. Their bodies needed to speak. So through these symptoms, the girls were trying to say something, trying to evoke change. Uh, shortly after, Mother Superior Sister Chung was recalled back to South Korea and claimed that although there is a stereotype of East Asians being strict, she believes that the phenomena was ultimately a test of God. Many of the students remember their time at the school with mixed emotions, but still claim that their time there was special. Uh, for me personally, I think that the doctor's conclusion did ease some of the phenomena at the school, but I don't believe that explained everything. I think it was only half of what was happening because of the girls playing with the Ouija board, but I'm uh, sorry, but the girls playing with the Ouija board, it had to have some lasting effect. It's possible that the board actually did open a portal to allow stu- evil, sorry, evil spirits into the school that affected the girls and acted maybe as like a trigger to their repressed experiences at home. Um, in the YouTube video by a paranormal scholar, she mentions that if it really was hysteria brought on by how strict the school was or the troubled backgrounds of the students, why didn't these unexplained events happen every year at the school? The only common denominator was that that happened after the Ouija board was used and after Maria had uttered her curse. So, that was La Villa de las Niñas. Oh, that was interesting. So, what did you think? I want to know what you feel. This did not go how I thought it was going to go. Yeah. I immediately thought the worst, and I'm I'm glad it wasn't the worst, but it still was bad. Yep. I knew where you were going when you were making some comments, but it's like, girl, I understand your concern. Like, I get it. You're concerned. Because I initially thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't. That's why I was like, let's hold off on it. But I want to know what you feel like happened. Because I did give my 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 personal opinion you, there. Your two cents. Yeah. Your quarter, if you will. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Maybe, you know, I think people um, are, manejan las energías. I've mentioned it before. Some people are better at manipulating energies than others. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're able to, and I mean, I've seen it before. If I'm positive at work, everyone around me is positive. Mm -hmm. If I'm negative and I'm having a bad day at work, everyone else is is negative and like having a bad day at work. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with somebody that's negative, you feel like your energy is drained from you. So I believe that it, that there are some people in this world that are better at manipulating energies like that than others. And so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that like when she walked out and said, you guys are all going to fucking pay mm-hmm. and then stuff, stuff started happening to them. Like, I think there's merit to that. Like maybe the ire that she felt inside of her was so strong that it like evokes something in the school yeah also with the ouija board going on and things like that like i think that a lot of people just kind of like discard like paranormal as like it's not real but there is some truth to like the weird things that happen 
Yeah, that I agree. Like, there's a lot of unexplained things, or like things that happen at the school, like phenomenon that can't really be explained by just saying, "Oh, it's mass hysteria." Mm-hmm. And the thing, the hard thing about mass hysteria, like I said, there's it's hard to diagnose and it's hard to treat. So it's like, I guess it's the most closest conclusion that they felt comfortable with declaring. Like, yeah, this was a case of mass hysteria. Um, but I don't know. It doesn't really explain the scary shit that they saw. Yeah. That was really weird. Yeah. And the mother superior did say like there that the Mexican media did play into the East Asian stereotype of Koreans being like strict. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, yeah, we're strict, but we're also like a school and they never had any type of problem. Cause I, I genuinely feel like the nuns at the school did have the best intentions for the girls. Like, I don't feel like they were mistreated in any way. Cause I feel like they were, um, they knew how the girls were brought up. They knew what, what they were coming from. They're compassionate. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, do not, do not bash my sisters. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I don't know. So yeah, that was that was my case. Oh, thanks. That was good. Thank you. I, I was really that. excited to like share it because I don't know where I I first heard it because I do remember watching it on the news like years ago, and I remember this was one of like those. And it is true, like it was one of those cases where in Mexico it was so fucking sensationalized sorry sensationalized and so many like hispanic moms were like ves ves lo que pasa cuando juegas con la hija and it's like relax you like let's take a deep breath like relax that's what they said about srg yes what's like you you guys just like try to catch one thing and try to fucking run with it it's like that's brujeria like it's sensationalism univision yeah. is like so good at that those like primer impacto and stuff oh, they, they were love so it. they're the like red lights furby. the fucking scary loud rojo music. Vivo. they're like furbies they're fucking waking up and murdering families at night they're from the devil uh, that's kind of why i'm like convinced that like remember i remember um the pitufo stuff yeah what was it smurfs what episode was that <laughs> it was like early on but we covered an episode about like uh the wind this and a smurfs and how supposedly like they were haunted but i I do feel like that's yeah like that's very sensationalized especially in mexico they love doing that they love doing that i mean why is mujeres casos de la vida real en la rosa de guadalupe so fucking popular like catholic propaganda mm, yeah yeah a little bit because it's it's easier to scare people than to educate them yeah that's what I was oh, saying, too. Brother. Like, what I meant was, when I was referring earlier to abuse, it's like, abuse and brainwashing, for example, like, you're coming from a bad situation, mm-hmm. they're cutting all of your fucking hair off, they're taking all of your things, they're not letting you communicate with your family, no individuality, they're stifling you, they're putting you in a box, like, that is mental abuse. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like, like I said, I feel like the nuns did have good intentions, but I do understand from like, for some girls, like it 
would have been really fucking scary. Yeah. But I think it was meant to like not uh, to cut off any type of distraction to more orient them towards like education, I guess. But I do understand what you mean. Mm, I wonder what short hair has to do with that. Because I feel like I learn the same when I have short hair or long hair. But that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a girl. Oh, the girls like can learn better when they have short hair? Maybe. I don't know. That's weird. That sounds <laughs> fucking patriarchal. So you're saying that a woman has to look like a man. I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> You fucking saved yourself this time, buckaroo. Baldy. <laughs> fucking bald. You fucking baldy. Yeah. Bald. bald. No. Get Spooky Podcast does not think that women are smarter when they cut their hair. <laughs> you cut your hair if you want to. If you want to. I don't know. That's the one thing that like, like the whole uh, cutting the hair and like the body hair thing. Yeah. Like, I still don't understand that. Maybe it's like a whole like school uniform thing that like. Uh, don't show your shoulders to the boys because they're not going to be able to control themselves. But there were no boys. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't... That's... I don't know. I would love a professional's opinion. And by professional, I mean a woman. Tia Margarita, la chismosa from down the street. What the fuck? (laughs) She's like, I know. I know why. Maybe we'll report on it the next episode. Yeah. But, yeah, that was... That was my my case thank you that was good and i'm sorry if your name is margarita we are chismosa oh but i have an a... aunt named margarita oh well she's chismosa <laughs> <laughs> and so am i so it doesn't fucking matter oof i got the best motherfucking tea at work too Shut people are like up. hey what do you know and i'm like what do you know <laughs> nothing about this and i'm like then what do you know what happened over there the other day oh let me tell you okay it's like okay then we're gonna trade you're like an information broker Mm -hmm. i'm like i'll tell you about this if you tell me about what happened over there details what were they wearing what was their reaction what happened what was said what did the text messages say what did the email say i want to know everything because i'm about to tell you everything also when do you clock out for lunch because i feel like this is going to be something that we have to talk about in the courtyard at lunch okay moving on information broker yeah your I'm chisme, the, the information plug at work. Your chismosa LLC. <laughs> XO, Trademark. XO, don't steal that. <laughs> XO, XO, chismosa. Yeah. Um, so as for Pella Glenzer, I'm sorry, I kind of wanted to move away from that. Um, Free Palestine. Yeah. That too. How's that for a fucking palate cleanser? Gagged. Please donate to to relief for gaza well make sure you donate to places that or like organizations that are gonna like provide supplies a lot of uh people in gaza have said like don't send us money because we don't we can't use it like it's useless here like we need supplies we need medicine we need food we need water so there have been a lot of creators especially on tiktok that have um that have uh provided like some really good resources i think my job did i think my job donated to like the red cross or something that they said it was providing resources to like medical supplies to gaza yeah i was like my job hold on i like my jab uh, speaking of my job 
<laughs> I like it. I'm no longer unemployed. Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you like that? How is that going for you? I'm not buying shit for anybody. <laughs> okay, maybe nobody, I should save that for the next episode. Yeah, nobody got I'll me shit that. last year. I'm not getting shit for anybody. Other than, I wonder if any of my coworkers listen to this because I actually got my supervisor for um, Secret Santa. Oh my god! And we saw that we were at the mall the other day, and those fucking shoes were thirty dollars. Those slippers, and mm-hmm. then I got on and I said, "No, I've seen these on Amazon." I went on Amazon. Those same fucking slippers. You saw them. I showed them to you. The exact same slippers. Mm-hmm. Twelve dollars. Damn. No, I'm not buying those slippers from that lady. Okay, that's Vieja fine. loca, 30 dólares para qué? Like, I could have fucking bought myself, like, the shoes, a pack of gum, popcorn, a drink. You could have bought three pairs of shoes. I could have bought myself, I'm like, also bad at math. four McChickens. Hell yeah. And a small fry. Actually, no, two McDoubles, two McChickens, a small fry, and a small drink. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if I was feeling, like, really spicy or really hungry, just get, like, the meal deal where they do, like, two cheeseburgers, a 20-piece nugget, two drinks, or no, the two fries, and then just buy yourself a drink. Okay. I had salad for dinner. Can you tell? That you're depleting, like, your sugar <laughs> I'm reserves? I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. is. <laughs> that's what it is. I'm like, oh, it's affecting his brain. Oh, yeah. Get him a burger. <laughs> you know what sounds good right now? Some <laughs> pulled pork with barbecue sauce. Ew. And some campfire potatoes. What the fuck? Or, like, a fucking fat-ass steak from Texas Roadhouse with the buns and the butter and and the steak fries. You have weird mm. cravings then. Like when I crave food, I'm like, mm, I would love a piece of broccoli. That's it. Quiet crickets. Okay. Nobody. Nope. Nobody has said I've craved broccoli. I've craved broccoli, like a good, like a fresh broccoli with hummus. Oh my god. A fresh, fresh broccoli. First of all, it tastes like you're eating farts. I will never eat raw broccoli. What the fuck are you talking it about? It has to be like blanched a little bit. Just like, you know, in, in boiling water for like a couple minutes. You you just love to hurt me. Because you like to sm- you like to eat farts? Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, you know what? You know what also I have beef with? Cantaloupes. Cantaloupes and muskmelons. Why the fuck do people t- eat fruits that taste like farts? Why are you such a big hater? Because melons taste like farts. Why do people eat them? Maybe that's just you. Watermelons are okay. They're good. Watermelons are like flirty, flirty, thirty, and thriving and and moist. Okay. And, and hydrating. Um. And so all sugar. Mary, listener of the pod, friend of the pod, she tagged us in a meme on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um. It's from blood moon bruja, where it says. When you're at the family ranch and they start talking about scary stuff that happened there. And then it's like Spongebob with a cowboy hat that says, okay, yeah, my boy. And she tagged us and it's like, hey, I, I thought of you um, when I saw this. And I'm like, I don't know if I would leave. I said, I would definitely, I would get up and be like, I would love to see it. Bitch, I'm like, out. Like, el desgraciado. And just like. that's gonna be be the first night in years that we sleep in separate rooms (laughs) goodbye if you were at the rancho and someone starts talking about scary shit you wouldn't stay 
I mean, I would stay, but I wouldn't say que pasa el desgraciado. Oh, Hell no. It. Que pasa el desgraciado. Hell no. You're sleeping by yourself. I'm like, I would I'm love. Op- I'm opening the door in the middle of the night too. That's like Wendy Black Phillip, come right in. He's right here, Black Phillip. That's like Wendy right Williams. There. I would interview them. Like interviewing La Llorona. Oh, yeah. We'll say, ¿y luego qué pasó? So, why this fashion choice? <laughs> it's like, like what? <laughs> <laughs> who are you wearing? Who are you wearing this season? Um, And also, who did your Dear. hair and makeup? <laughs> I've got a great girl that does a really good job. And here's her business card. It's the dear woman. The dear woman? <laughs> it's the dear woman. The one that does the makeup and hair? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I think I'm more scared of the dear woman than I am of La Llorona. Oh, me too. Oh my god, oh, no, knock absolutely. on wood. Hell no. What if they hear me and they're about to come in this fucking house in the middle of the night? Okay, they're like on. above me. They're like, I heard a little bitch was talking shit earlier. Miley, what's good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we fin- we finally finished uh, Midnight Mass after years. It, mm-hmm. it came out like in 2018 or something, right? But we finally finished Midnight Mass. And what did you think? It was very interesting. It was fucking insane. It was good. It was good. Do not get me wrong. It was good. But I feel like it was such a perfect representation of like the slippery slope of like religious misinterpretation and not even misinterpretation like how religion could become like such a slippery slope into a mess what did you feel about it i kind of more i got more out of it like for a long long time churches make me uneasy religious figures make me uneasy Mm -hmm. to me like, there's an air of, like, weirdness or, like, they make me uncomfortable. Maybe I'm demon-possessed. I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. Stuff makes me uncomfortable. And so, what happened on Midnight Mass, it was, like, almost like a confirmation of, like, what if religion isn't that good and they're not praying to the correct people? Like, it, it put that doubt in my mind. Huh. I feel like for me, I'm out of respect. I respect people. Like if, if I see like a father, like at a church, like, or like a nun, um, I'm not going to be rude. It's more like out of respect. I want to be nice, but um, I know what you mean. Like just because someone fo- says that they follow God, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a good person. Yes. And I feel like Midnight Mass was like a perfect example because it had so many, like a good mix different catholics i guess Mm -hmm. it had the type of catholic that would that's just a guy or it's a a type of catholic that that goes to church every so often or it's the type of catholic that goes to church isn't involved or yeah then there's a type of catholic that is like the worst fucking person you've ever met but i thought it was um it was good it it, the ending could have been better i don't know Mm, i thought it was good yeah it was very like also, I thought that it was very allegorical for, like, you're blindly following someone, and that person that you're following or the thing that you're following isn't actually doing good things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily, like, the deities, like Jesus or God or anything, but, like, fixtures and churches. Like, 
deacons or fathers or people that are very popular in churches and people just seem to like flock to them, they always make me uneasy. Yeah. Those types of people. I think it's because it depends on whether that whether they know that they're that charismatic. If they don't know that they're that charismatic, people will tend to flock to them and that's understandable. It, like throws but, up an internal red flag to me. Yeah, but I feel like when they know that they're very charismatic, they know how to take advantage of it. Yeah. Like Is it Jonestown. because I'm charismatic and I huh? recognize it in other people and I'm like evil because I'm evil? No, it's just you're seeing them as competition. I shut the voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not charismatic at all. But I don't know. I feel like I don't feel welcome. Like I don't feel like I'm supposed to be there. Like I don't feel like they know you don't belong there. Yeah. They're all going to turn to look at you all in unison. Just kind of like that. Like it just I feel out of place in religious spaces. And maybe it's because they're going to point at like, you and be like, what? I've never felt like I belonged because of my orientation. Yeah. And so like I've already seeded that or like planted that seed in my head and I like project and that's what it is. Or if I actually like am having a real visceral feeling of like not wanting to be there. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe one influenced the other. To be continued. We'll discuss that in therapy. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe I can talk <laughs> to my therapist about it. So, Mariana, listener, a listener of the pod, follower on Instagram, um, she sent us a TikTok by Leandro. Their at is at YLVegas underscore, where he talks about being kidnapped by a duende. And I'm sorry, I think someone else also sent it to us like at the same time, but um, I had already written down and I forgot to update. But thank you anyway for sharing. Um, but yeah, Mariana sent us that TikTok. Did you watch it? I watched it. But essentially, it's some um, spoilers, If but I really recommend everyone go watch the TikTok. It's a guy that he shares his experience when he goes to, oh my God, his home country, Colombia. It was Colombia. I don't fuck with Colombia either. Well, he went to Colombia when he was a child, and that he said that it was him and like kids like playing hide and seek or something, and they're out in like a forest, and he is like, it's his turn to hide. Like it's he was gonna go hide, and as he's walking into the woods, there's like another little kid walking next to him, and he didn't remember seeing the little kid walk up to him or anything. Um, but he's like, whatever, okay. And they're just walking. They're walking. He feels like it. they had walked for like a really long time. He's like, damn, we're kind of far. Um, but something happens where he turns to the little kid and the little kid doesn't look like a little kid. And um, he mentioned something about, we have to go back. Like, I have to go back home. Like, they're probably looking for me because it's been like, 30 minutes like they haven't found me like when we're playing hide and seek and that the little kid got like ugly he made like a little ugly face and um like i was like okay weirdo go off and he ended up like walking back home and when he showed up back to the house he knocked on the door and like his mom opened the door and she was like crying and she's like 
where have you been? And like his entire family was there, like at the house. And it's like, where the hell have you been? You've been gone for three days. And it's like, no, I haven't. I've only been gone for 30 minutes. It's like, no, you've been gone for 30 days. And he's like, I don't remember. 30 days or three days? Sorry, three days. I'm sorry, three days. Um, He said he doesn't remember like the sun setting at all. So to him, it literally felt like 30 minutes. Um, He didn't watch the sunset. He didn't feel like anything had changed. Um, But it was just that one little kid that was with him the entire time. So after that, he recalls that this wind day would like follow him he would just show up in his house and um sometimes like i guess his parents or his mom started believing him after like he would be at school and his mom would hear someone in the kids room and when she walked in all of his toys were like a mess and when they'd be like what the fuck happened and the kid was like I see the duende. He's like outside my window or something. And his sister would be like, just don't pay attention to him. Um, but I guess like she ended up, he ended up telling his mom and his mom believed him, which I fucking loved. I love when parents believe their children. Um, but they ended up like praying over him. And every so often when something like that would happen, his mom would just pray over him. And um, eventually the, the duende just stopped showing up. Mm. But yeah. It was a, it was a good story. I really recommend everyone go watch the TikTok, and I'm gonna repeat it again. Um, the at is at y l villegas underscore. So it's y l v i l l e g a s underscore. Um. But yeah. Mm. One last thing, and then we can um. End it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um karaoke are you a fan mm, i was actually going to tell you a story about columbia oh <laughs> you just like moved on just moved on okay yeah. i'm sorry go ahead um i don't fuck with columbia why what happened um my neighbor growing up was columbia and he would tell me the scariest shit Nuh-uh. uh about columbia what happened yes sir absolutely he said that where they lived was in an apartment mm-hmm and at the bottom floor was a church, and they would go to church at that church. So it was an apartment building where the first floor was a church. Mm-hmm. And he said that, like, some people moved into the apartment building that were, like, brujas. And that um, there was one morning where, like, they all went to church. And he's like, I think that they had just had a ritual or something because... Like, first of all, that floor where those people lived smelled like smoke, like Palo Santo or something. Like, they had burned something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and it's, it started smelling really funky, like uh, like herbs. So, they had done something on the floor. And then that, um, they all went to church, they prayed, and then they, like, I guess it was, on, they would have breakfast at the church. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when everybody turned around and went to the kitchen... To go sit down and start eating, they heard like a racket in like the main church area. And so they like everyone ran back out. And when they came out, like the statue of Jesus was smashed up and the statue of the, uh, La Virgen de Guadalupe, or I don't even think it was La Virgen de Guadalupe, it was like La Virgen de Fatima or something like that. Like Virgen de Maria. Maria. Yeah, like was smashed up. 
And like where the statues were and the front door was really far away. So by the time the first person had walked in, they would have seen somebody walk out the front door. Mm -hmm. And he said that like it smelled like sulfur in the in the area where they were praying. Then there was another story he told me that. That one of his cousins or like maybe an uncle when they were younger. And the thing is, is that like the uncle and his dad, so his grandpa would tell this story like that they saw this happen. Mm-hmm. So it was probably in the 60s or 70s where the dad and the son went hunting to go find, uh, I think they were like hunting rabbits because they were trying to bring something back to eat. And he said, at that time, my family was like, they lived out in the country. They didn't live in the city like when I was when I was born. So by the time that he was born, I think that they lived in like, Barranquilla, I want to say, or Medellin, or something like that. Like a like, big city. Yeah, a big city. They lived in the big city at that point. Mm-hmm. So he was saying that that they had like followed these rabbits or a deer or whatever for so far that they had gotten lost. So on their way back, it started getting like dark, and they started feeling like something was really wrong, like something was watching them in the woods, like just the atmosphere felt really fucking weird, and they started hearing like footsteps, like out in the distance. And, like, the footsteps sounded like they were pacing. And so they were like, what the fuck is going on? And so, like, the dad's like, wait for me right here. I'm going to go see, like, what it is. Like, what if it's somebody that can tell us how to get back? And so, I mean, like, at this point, it's, like, five or six in the afternoon. It's getting close to winter time, So it's already starting to, like, the sun's starting to set a little bit. Like, it's getting a little dark. But it's not too, 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 too dark, right? Mm-hmm. And so he sees that his dad is, like, turned around looking through a clearing like hiding and then he like all of a sudden stops and he sees like his body tense up and then like his dad like walks over and kind of hides behind a tree and he's still watching and so he's like what is he doing and like five minutes pass dad's still there watching 10 minutes pass dad's still still there watching and he was just sitting there he was sitting on the ground and he was about to yell at his dad and then something told him like don't yell for your dad just go up to him right so he like walks up to his dad and when he walks up behind him he said that like through the clearing him and his dad were watching a full ass skeleton walking pacing back and forth in the grass looking for something and he's like it was a walking skeleton like an actual bones just standing up walking around what the fuck yeah and so like they watched the skeleton for like five, 10 minutes. Cause they were afraid that like, if they moved, it would turn around and seen them. So slowly they backed up. And as soon as they got like maybe 30 feet away, 40, 50 feet away, they, they like took off running. And like the very next day, like they, they got home, they got home at like one in the morning. Cause they like were lost, mm-hmm. but they eventually were able to find their way home. It was super late. The next morning, the dad woke up really, really sick. And then two weeks later, the dad passed away. What the fuck? Yeah. So that was like a really creepy story. And then he would tell me stories about duendes that like in, I guess like Colombia, it's like told that if you are riding a horse or you have a horse with you and the horse, like when you're coming up on a bridge, if the horse like, I don't know, like bucks up and it it like throws its arms up or whatever you know when they like jump up you know what i'm talking about it gets up on like when they're reparan or whatever hind legs yes yeah and wherever their front hoofs land you have to dig there because there's gold 
but you have to dig quickly and you have to leave something in place because of when they buried their treasure there. And so you can get away with the treasure, but you have to trick the duende and make him think that his treasure's still there. So you have to take the treasure and put something in there and cover it up and and hope and pray that the duende never finds out that you took his treasure because if not, your whole family's fucked. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I'd ever want to fuck over a duende. No. It's not on the to-do list. It was. There was a lot of stories. An, another story, too, was like a young girl, like seven eight year old of when they fell in love with her mm-hmm. and he would like try to sa her at night and she would scream and cry and her parents would like run in it was like just fucking creepy shit creepy I'm shit when this are not something to fuck with no creepy ass shit and and that story like specifically that one i guess like because it was a child and like the subject of like sa trigger warning like that story just fucking rubbed me the wrong way but his mom told the same story like she's like no it's true because that happened in my pueblo before we moved to to wherever the city was hell no i was like nope i'm like i don't fuck with colombia i'm never going never stepping foot in that country in my life (laughs) anyways you can move on now okay so maybe one day i'll track him down and have him come on the podcast and tell us those scary stories again that'd be crazy yeah or you can email us. Per. I guess spooky podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> yes, he can email us there. <laughs> um, l- last one. I'm sorry. What, what do you think about karaoke? <laughs> what do you think about karaoke? <laughs> it's fine, I guess. It's hard to like segue away from what you just talked it's, about. Karaoke is not fun when people can sing. Are you fucking serious? When people can I was going to say, karaoke is always fun. Any situation is always better with karaoke. My funeral will That's be having fine. a karaoke bar. Karaoke is fine. Uh-huh. It just has to be sang by people that can't sing. Why? Why the fuck would you want somebody up there? Jesus, take the wheel. No, nobody this... wants somebody that sings good. It gets awkward when there's a good singer. It's if like, it's get the a good fuck singer, off of there. You cheer for them. If no, they're a why bad the f- singer, you cheer for why them. Why are you up there? It's for fun. Get, no, get off Get off the stage. Nobody oh, wants to hear... serious about karaoke. No, I don't want to hear any good singers. I want to hear... there to have fun. I want somebody to sing... What is that Gwen Stefani song? The banana song? I want somebody to sing that song <laughs> badly. Song. <laughs> This okay. is banana. B A N. I want a middle-aged fucking man singing that song oh in my. front. I oh, want brother. Cause I'm saying, like, if people can sing good, it's not fun. Just get the fuck. Why are you singing Sin Banderas? <laughs> Why are you trying to make me cry in the club tonight? Get the fuck off there. Sit down. Sit down. I'm always down for karaoke, and let's, I will stick to it. Let's that listen anything- to the is always better with karaoke. I'm not disagreeing with you. Mm-hmm. I just mean Little Miss Boots with the really short shorts. Please don't sing about Before He Cheats, Miss Carrie Underwood. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. Sit the fuck down. That is a lived experience you're sharing right there. <laughs> yeah. Miss Miss Little Boots, Miss Dukes of Hazard, sit down. I don't need to hear how well you sing. Get your boyfriend up here that, that can't fucking hold tune. I want to hear him sing. Get his ass up He's there. more fun. Her. these is you know what i think it is is because like when you sing well you're you're about to fucking perform yeah like you're up there that. you're like moving your and they're hands, always like your... they're always like no i'm so bad and then they get up there and they're like that's adele 
but it's like yeah the ones that are bad it's like yeah i'm not too bad and then they get up there and you're like that was horrible <laughs> but i had so much fun i drank a lot like thanks i i hated that but after the second shot you sounded amazing okay dollar store mariah carey <laughs> get off the stage oh my god yeah i love karaoke which reminds me now that thanksgiving is coming up take this as an opportunity to bust out the fucking mic and do some fucking karaoke please get a karaoke machine do not make your cousin stand in front of everyone looking at lyrics off of their phone like at least put youtube on your tv for the karaoke versions of songs or something yeah that too if you're gonna read it off to your phone you have to do a little dance with it you have to because i can tell you that i've been to karaoke parties where like somebody has a microphone Mm -hmm. and they play the song and they're reading the lyrics off of their phone and that's not fun either i'm just like i want to see the lyrics that you're fucking up oh that yeah that's true i want to see that i want to sing along with you oh that's fun that's fun i don't want you to read it off your phone yeah so do a little dance make a little love and get down tonight down tonight yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i think that's it okay (laughs) so we've we've talked a lot for no fucking reason so it's been a while so she's gonna be like don't banter just get into the story get into it i don't even know if she listens to us anymore but i remember her ass every single day every day up at night think about Mm -hmm, her mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she's not my favorite prima but i still love her everyone has their opinions we're not gonna be for everyone we hope you are heart react yeah Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. And happy Thanksgiving. Sorry. Eat those uh, tamales. Or eat the turkey. Whatever you eat. Yeah. I'm going to go for the ham. I'm ready for the ham. And then the wedding this weekend. That's going to be fun. Wow. Um, well, thanks for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Gespooky Podcast and on Twitter at Gespooky Pod. Also, email us any story suggestions or your own scary stories at Podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Taylor Turner for the artwork and Kyle Fields for the intro music. Don't forget to tell someone you love how much they mean to you. Bye. Bye.